0: Listening to this, welcome to a special podcast episode from the Topeka Capital Journal. My name is Andrew Ball. I am one of our State House reporters, and I usually host the podcast Chillin' in the State House. But today, doing something a little different. I joined with my friend, local government reporter Blaise Mesa, who hosts the podcast Our City. And we sat down with Shawnee County Elections Director Andrew Howell. As you may have heard, local elections are coming up fast, and we have everything you need to know to ensure that your ballot is counted, that you don't fall victim to some of the common mistakes that voters make, and that you are uh, aware of everything that is going on down at the election office. So with that, get your Ballots ready. Sharpen those pens and sit back, listen, and enjoy our interview with Shawnee County Elections Director Andrew Howell.
1: We've got a primary election in ooh, about two weeks now. August third is when people go to the to the polling places. It opens at 7 a.m., and they will be electing either – we're not electing, but it's between the mayor and District 3. So everybody in Topeka has somewhere to go or somewhere to vote
2: on August 3rd. That's right? Uh, that's correct. We've got – just just to kind of go over that for just a second, we've actually got everybody within the city, dis- city uh, boundaries has either a mayor race and or city council District 3. Those races both have five people running, which is why there's a primary. And then in – I believe it's position A4 of the 345 Seaman School Board. There is also a primary. So it's a little different than we're used to seeing, but not we're not countywide. That's correct. It's only city and uh, city boundaries. you got those two races, and then you've mm-hmm. got – so everyone's going to have the mayor race in the city limits, but then a few people will also have that. Council three, and then a few people also in Seaman School District will be will be voting on four different board members up there to narrow that for the general election.
1: And then District three, for those unawares, generally the east side of town. It's a bit of a. Kind of crazy district sometimes stretches a little bit into central Topeka, but you can go to Topeka City Council's website and figure out who your council member is and, in effect, figure out if you have someone to vote for. How has mail-in balloting requests been this time around during the general election in 2020? I think we saw some pretty high numbers. Is it anywhere comparable to what we're seeing for this primary
2: Um, really, I have not had a lot of applications, um, and most of what actually drives mail ballot numbers for a smaller election, which usually an odd year with these elections, most of what drives those numbers is people who are on the permanent list. So I know we've got over 2000, um, That we mail out, but then the number coming back, I think, runs less than 50% of that sent out. So that's just typically what we see. But I think we also don't know what we're going to see this election, uh, because I do think people got more used to maybe a little more familiar with mail ballots. So it'll be interesting to see if there's a significant change in the, the number of those ballots coming back. And then to
1: find their polling places or to request a mail-in ballot, I believe you can do both on Shawnee County's election website. There should be a form that you need to fill out to request a mail-in ballot. You can do so right now, the last day to do so, I don't remember the exact date, but I know it's July 27th, is that right?
2: Yeah, July 27th uh, is the last date um, for a uh, application. Uh, and, you, and and that's even 5 p.m. for people dropping them off in the office and midnight for online. But that's the last day for those applications. So you've got quite a bit of time yet. Yeah, there's plenty of time to get the application to us. And then, so, how
1: has turning in the ballot physically changed from November 2020? I know we saw drop boxes and all this stuff going around. Is it as big of a push similarly, or is it a little more go into the office or mail it? What's that look like? Uh,
2: we will still have a drop, backs, drop box at the office. I don't think, I really don't think there will be enough demand. You know, part of our concern in 2020 was making sure that people. Um, due to the pandemic, there was concern that people wouldn't want to stop inside the office. And I don't think that's a real concern at the moment. So we will have one at the office. We'll have a drop, uh, a drop box that will be available there. Uh, I don't expect the need will be significant enough to really spend extra tax dollars doing that.
0: Um, Are there any in-person early voting options for folks? Yeah.
2: um, Our uh, early voting dates, uh, At the office at 3420 Southwest Van Buren uh, runs Monday, July 19th through July 23 all week. And we're doing that from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then again, the second week is July 26th through July 30th. So that's a Monday through Friday for the next two weeks uh, from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then remember on that day before Election Day, uh, Monday, we're only open by law until noon. So if you're going to do a last second show up at the office, remember the office actually closes that portion of the voting at noon. And the reason we do that is so that we can turn around that data, get it into the poll books and get it ready so that we know who's already voted and we're not having to deal with question marks or additional provisions. So it, it makes sense. I just like to remind people, don't forget if you're waiting till that Monday to vote early in the office, be sure and get that done by noon on that day. And that's
0: August the 2nd, 8 a.m. to noon. I'm sure there's no one out there who listens to this podcast who procrastinates, so I'm (laughs) sure that won't be an issue at all.
1: And I'm wondering, you mentioned provisional ballots. Quickly, how do you avoid a provisional ballot? So that's something along the lines of you request a mail-in ballot, and then you show up to vote early, and then there's essentially two ballots. It doesn't mean you're voting twice, but... How do you avoid provisional balance?
2: Really, the, the probably the two biggest things that a person can do to avoid a provisional is make sure that your name hasn't changed, or make sure that your address hasn't changed, or is somehow changed or different, or if you know if you've gotten married and your last name's changed, be sure that you correct those things before that registration deadline. We Brady actually spent a lot of time. He's our new registration clerk in the office, and he spent a lot of time. Um, we went to the Juneteenth event with some registration opportunities and met with some people there. We're really making a big push to make sure that people know they've got the opportunity to register. Uh, And then we actually spent a couple weekends at the library making sure that also people had the opportunity. And a lot of people just like that event or those opportunities to check their registration like we just talked about to make sure that the address is consistent with what they remember because we all get busy. We forget when we registered last, when did we last move, some of those kinds of things. So those are the two biggest things you can do to prevent a provisional ballot. Uh, additionally, make sure you go to the right polling place. That can also cause a provisional if you don't want to go to the right place. Uh, and then if you've already received a ballot on the poll book, it's going to show that you have been sent a ballot, but no one's going to know at the polling place, the exact status of whether we got the ballot or not. So those are, those are the big ones that cause provisionals. So know that you're registered correctly, know that your name's correct. Um, I wouldn't show up to vote if you know that you've already got your ballot in through the mail, but sometimes that mail question mark can cause one, and then go to the right polling places.
0: Well, it might be interesting for folks listening, if you can kind of outline, I mean, what have you guys been doing to prepare? I mean, we, we talked the other day about training election judges. I mean, you know, the even in a quote-unquote off-your-election, I mean, no elections in off-your-election, <laughs> but um, you know, it's still, I imagine, a, a good amount of, of planning and, and preparation for, for folks turning out. Yeah, one of the things that constantly
2: we're working on, you know, there's, uh, I think, a little over 113,000 registered voters in Shawnee County, and they're always, somebody is always moving, somebody is always you know, changing their driver's license. And that information gets sent to us then to update our voter registration records. So we've got several people full-time that are working on that. Additionally, in the back of the office, you know, several months before an election, we actually have to prepare. I think in this election, there's over 200, uh, 215, I believe, different ballot styles. And every one of those has to be checked individually for accuracy, because the last thing you want to hear about or report on is that somehow a ballot was created that was incorrect so there's just a lot of accuracy things that really have to be checked and verified so building the ballots getting the machines themselves set up and then all the public testing that goes along with preparing and proving that the machines are counting accurately so ballots machine preparations we're actually rolling out uh, new poll books this election as well so that takes some time to do additional training set the data up uh, make sure it's accurate make sure we're communicating with those vendors Um, and then on on just the getting ready for the election side, we have to make sure that all of our poll books are set up, all of our ballots are set up over there as well so there's i mean there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it, especially when you want to make sure that you're following the law and that all of your procedures all six hundred statutes are complied with it take it takes a little bit
0: i well, it it always fascinates me i mean you know you people show up you know you 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 spend ten minutes at the polls voting, but it's you know all this. Laying the groundwork is – is maybe I'm just a nerd. Maybe that's really what this <laughs> perhaps, all is, but it's fascinating to me. Uh,
1: you mentioned poll books, though, and we talked about this a little bit before and we reported on it in the past, but those are essentially like um, – I guess a directory, maybe just a way to when you get to the polls, the election worker can make sure that you are in the system. So it's not something people vote on because I know Shawnee County did get new poll books for this uh, upcoming primary. Yeah,
2: basically think of the poll book as an electronic version of a paper poll book. It just has a list of everybody who is registered with their address and they're going to be a list for each polling place for each precinct or set of precincts. So it's just a quicker, easier way for people to sign. The law requires that we have poll books available, that it has a, the, the name and the address of each person in that precinct. And then when they show up, they're supposed to sign next to their name on the poll book. So it's just an electronic version. Uh, it's much, I think it's much faster and it's much more accurate. You know, when you're flipping through pages trying to find names, it's pretty easy to miss a name. And so I think it's a faster, more accurate way in the, at the end of the day for voters to be assisted and get through that process. And then we've got an electronic record of all those signatures that we can also um, put together the actual poll books, which were required by law to keep for quite a
0: bit of time as well. Well, I'm curious. So I'm in state government world a lot of the time, and obviously there has been a lot of talk. Our folks listening to this probably have read or heard about um, legal challenges to some changes that the state legislature passed to voting laws in Kansas um how have those changes which uh range from who can bring in someone else's advance ballot how many of those you can bring in um some signature matching requirements which i believe a lot of counties are already doing in the first mm-hmm. place how has that changed uh your operations has it changed your operations uh in a way that voters would be able to sense or see it really hasn't changed our
2: our practices in the office really what what they've passed is reflective of current practice for us. For instance, signature verification is something that we always check, and we actually send our workers to some pretty specialized, detailed training just to make sure that we're really doing a good job analyzing signatures. We also have that software now that automates that process. Now, we're pretty careful how we use that because we sort of use it as a first check, but then we also do a second check as well just to make sure that we're not missing or making the wrong assumptions about signatures. I think what also people don't fully appreciate is we have a number, usually a large number of signatures on file. So even if your signatures change slightly, we can usually match it up with one of the half a dozen or so that we have for most people. So we've got a number of ways to do that. Um, So in our training, our election workers, I just said two things. One, do let me know now that the law says that no one can bring more than 10 ballots in. If you see that, call the office and let's talk about it. We have some other internal procedures that we've always used as well to sort of make sure that we're paying attention to how many people uh, are bringing in additional uh, mail ballots. So I don't think it'll be a significant change. Uh, Most people that I talk to are supportive of the idea that really, is there really a big reason why somebody should bring more than 10? Probably not. Uh, So I think it makes some sense, but I don't see it as a big change for us either, because we're already paying attention to that at the board worker level on Election Day. Um, And it really, like I said, the practice of signature verifications, we already do that. And then I know there's another statute talking about backdating or altering a postmark. But again, that's also something that I believe we're always paying very close attention to. But it certainly doesn't hurt to make that super clear in election law that that's illegal.
1: What does happen if someone brings in 11 ballots at once? Do those all go to provisional? Do you just toss those ballots away? What happens in that situation?
2: We're required by law, I believe, to accept them. It's just that we'll notify law enforcement that that somebody has brought in more than 10, and then they'll have to figure
0: out what exactly that means or how that's dealt with. Technically, that's a misdemeanor now, even though... I mean, I think from what it sounded like before the times it came up was like a nursing home or... Situations like that, it didn't seem like it was a particularly common occurrence, um, although I know that was a subject of much debate over in the state house. Um, any other advice for voters that uh, that they should be keeping in mind?
2: Um, well, I think everybody should know, and I always like to mention, remember, you can vote on Election Day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. at your polling place. I always like to give our phone number 251-5900 so that people know. Just call us if you're not sure. Feel free to call us we can help you figure out all your options and timeframes and where you're registered and what your polling place is. Uh, on our website, we do have a list of all the candidates for each race. So people should know they can look there on our website. Also you can actually pull up your specific ballot that will be in place at your polling place on election day. And you can review that early if you'd like to polling place. Don't forget your options, 7am to 7pm on August the 3rd, that Tuesday, but you've also got early voting for that next two weeks. Um, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then you can also request a mail ballot up till the 27th. So there's a number of ways. Keep in mind you've got all three options. You just have to kind of watch those times and dates pretty closely.
0: Blaze, if someone gets goes online, looks at their ballot, and wonders where can I get more information about the candidates? They
1: can go to cjonline.com or our YouTube page, which is also CJ Online. Um, is there anything people... I guess, one, there's probably things they should bring, but I'm wondering if there are things people commonly forget that they might need with them at the polling places when they go to vote in person.
2: Yeah, probably the single biggest thing to bring is your driver's license or some type of photo ID. The law requires that it be a government-issued document. It needs to have your photo on it, and it needs to have your name written out. And again, if you're a city employee or a state employee, as long as your name's on there, uh, and your photo is on there. Those work, but I would say 90% of people use their driver's license or their Kansas ID card because it it's actually scannable by our uh, poll book, and so it's very fast and easy to find their name, but that's probably the single biggest thing, and then remember, if for some reason you forget it, it's not really a big deal because you can go ahead and vote provisional, and as long as you get that document to us, and you can email it to us, we're not really super difficult to work with but as long as we get it and we see it and we know that it's you uh we will actually make sure that that provisional vote then counts so so again not a huge deal if you don't happen to remember it but that's probably the single biggest thing if you want to avoid a provisional is just bring that that driver's license or government issued photo id document on election day
1: Then election day is August 3rd, so it's taking the five candidates running for mayor, city council, and, of course, there is uh, a Siemens School Board election, but locked in here on the uh, mayor's race and city council race. It takes five people down to two. And then registration opens back up again, or voter registration opens back up again. Is it the day after day August after. 4th? Yep. And that's for the general election in November. Correct.
2: Yep, that's correct.
1: Andrew, anything we're missing? Anything you want to tell the voters? Uh,
2: the only other thing I can think of, you know, we were talking about laws that were, that were in place. Uh, I know there's a new requirement, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I actually think it makes some sense just from transparency perspective, requiring that uh, the election office not spend money unless it's allocated by the government or the 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 county commissioners and I've always supported that concept because I think knowing where your money comes from in elections and knowing how it's spent is important so Again, I don't. We've we've not taken any of the Facebook money or the other money. Yet. Again, I think that law makes some sense. I think people need to have confidence that their elections are run correctly, that there's not money questions and how it's used questions. So I just wanted to say I think that's a good law. I support it. I think it makes sense. Um,
0: and that was another part of the package. That was yes, that was
2: another part changes. of that election law change. And I think most people that I talk to support that. Uh, and then additionally, just as a reminder, I think it's always important for voters to know that our Our election system here is all paper-based, so if there's ever a question mark about something that did or didn't happen on Election Day, there should be a piece of paper for every voter in that ballot box, and we'll just impanel a group of people from different parties to go through and do the hard, hard hand count the hard way if we needed to. So most people, I think, when they hear that that's how our system works, it gives them a lot more confidence that we can get to any question marks if we ever needed to, so I always like to emphasize that.
1: When's the last time a recount of any type was needed?
2: I actually don't remember us ever having to do a recount. We've had a couple where we thought it was going to get close, but in the end, I think the candidate did not end up requesting it. So I think you would have to go back pre-2012 in Shawnee County. Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, the law does require that we do audits, so we always do an audit every election now of a randomly chosen i don't get to decide where those audits occur or what races are involved but we always do those audits those always those audits have always come out fine Um, so i think that's also important to note that while we may not do a recount or a specific Uh, race unless we're required to. We are always doing an audit now under under state law.
1: And I believe for a recount, it needs to be around, is it a percent, a few percent of the vote? It needs to be a tight race for someone Uh, I think it
2: really is just basically not so much a percentage in Kansas as it is um, what the candidate's willing to pay for. Um, So it's really more of a question of what they specifically request and then what they're, what kind of really comes down to what they're willing to pay for.
1: Okay. And then one more time, the phone number, place people can go to, I believe online, Shawnee County's election website, if they want to find their polling place, information on how to request a mail ballot, but the number they should call if they have any questions.
2: Yeah, our phone number is 251-5900. Our website is www.snco.us forward slash election. Uh, And our address, if you want to vote uh, early at the office, 8 a.m., 6 p.m., 3420 Southwest Van Buren here in Topeka.
0: We'll see you at the polls.
2: Excellent. We appreciate it. Thank you.